Section 35 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andre Levy, AndreLevy.net, Lisbon, Portugal. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton Night 957 When it was the 957th night she pursued, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the keeper came to Ibrahim Kasib's son in the garden, he said to him, Rise, O my son, and go up into the arbor, for the slave-girls are come to order the place, and she cometh after them. So beware, lest thou spit, or sneeze, or blow thy nose, else we are dead men, I and thou. Whereupon Ibrahim rose, and went up into his nest, whilst the keeper fared forth, saying, Allah grant thee safety, O my son. Presently, behold, up came four slave-girls, whose like none ever saw, and entering the pavilion, doffed their outer dresses and washed it. Then they sprinkled it with rose-water, and incensed it with ambergris and aloes-wood, and spread it with brocade. After these came fifty other damsels, with instruments of music, and amongst them Jamila, within a canopy of red brocade, whose skirts the handmaidens bore up with hooks of gold till she had entered the pavilion, so that Ibrahim saw naught of her nor of her raiment. So he said to himself, By Allah all my travail is lost, but needs must I wait to see how the case will be. Then the damsels brought meat and drink, and they ate and drank and washed their hands, after which they set her a royal chair, and she sat down, and all played on instruments of music, and with ravishing voices incomparably sang. Presently out ran an old woman, a duena, and clapped hands and danced, whilst the girls pulled her about till the curtain was lifted, and forth came Jamila laughing. Ibrahim gazed at her, and saw that she was clad in costly robes and ornaments, and on her head was a crown set with pearls and gems. About her long fair neck she wore a necklace of unions, and her waist was clasped with a girdle of chrysolite bugles, with tassels of rubies and pearls. The damsels kissed ground before her, and, when I considered her, quoth Ibrahim, I took leave of my senses and wit, and I was dazed, and my thought was confounded for amazement at the sight of loveliness whose like is not on the face of the earth. So I fell into a swoon, and coming to myself weeping-eyed, recited these two couplets. I see thee, and close not mine eyes, for fear lest their lids prevent me beholding thee and I gazed with mine every glance, these I never could sight all the loveliness moulding thee. Then said the old Karamanah to the girls, Let ten of you arise and dance and sing. 
and Ibrahim, when looking at them, said in himself, I wish the lady Jamila would dance. When the handmaidens had made an end of their pavane, they gathered round the princess and said to her, O oh, my lady, we long for thee to dance amongst us, so the measure of our joy may be fulfilled, for never saw we a more delicious day than this. Quoth Ibrahim to himself, Doubtless the gates of heaven are open, and Allah hath granted my prayer. Then the damsels bust her feet and said to her, By Allah, we never saw thee broadened of breast as to-day. Nor did they cease exciting her, till she doffed her outer dress and stood in a shift of cloth of gold, broidered with various jewels, showing breasts which stood out like pomegranates and unveiling a face as it were the moon on the night of fullness. Then she began to dance, and Ibrahim beheld motions he had never in his life seen their like, for she showed such wondrous skill and marvellous invention that she made men forget the dancing of bubbles in wine-cups, and call to mind the inclining of the turbans from head-tops, even as saith of her the poet, A dancer whose form is like branch of ban, flies my soul well nigh as his steps I greet. While he dances, no foot stands still, and meseems that the fire of my heart is beneath his feet. And as quoth another, A dancer whose figure is like a willow branch, my soul almost quitteth me at the sight of her movements. No foot can remain stationary at her dancing, as she as though the fire of my heart were beneath her feet. Quoth Ibrahim, As I gazed upon her, she chanced to look up, and caught sight of me, whereupon her face changed, and she said to her women, Sing ye till I come back to you. Then, taking up a knife half a cubit long, she made towards me, crying, There is no majesty, and there is no might save in Allah the glorious, the great. Now when I saw this, I well nigh lost my wits. But when as she drew near me, and face met face, the knife dropped from her hands, and she exclaimed, Glory to him who changeth man's hearts. Then said she to me, O youth, be of good cheer, for thou art safe from what thou dost fear. Whereupon I fell to weeping, and she to wiping away my tears with her hand, and saying, O youth, tell me who thou art, and what brought thee hither. I kissed the ground before her, and seized her skirt, and she said, No harm shall come to thee. For by Allah no male hath ever filled mine eyes but thyself. Tell me then who thou art. So I recited to her my story from first to last, whereat she marvelled and said to me, O my Lord, I conjure thee by Allah, tell me if thou be Ibrahim bin al-Kasib. I replied, Yes. And she threw herself upon me, saying, O oh, my Lord, twas thou madest me averse from men, for when I heard that there was in the land of Egypt a youth that whom there was none more beautiful on earth's face, I fell in love with thee by report, and my heart became enamoured of thee, for that which reached me of thy passing comeliness, so that I was in respect of thee, even as saith the poet, 
mine ear forwent mine eye in loving him for ear shall love before the eye at times so praised be allah who hath shown thy face but by the almighty had it been other than thou i had crucified the keeper of the garden and the porter of the khan and the tailor and him who had recourse to them and presently she added but how shall i contrive for somewhat thou mayest eat without the knowledge of my women quoth i with me is somewhat we may eat and drink and i opened the bag before her she took a fowl and began to morsel me and i to morsel her which when i saw it seemed to me that this was a dream then i brought out wine and we drank what while the damsels sang on nor did they leave to do thus from morn to noon when she rose and said go now and get thee a boat and await me in such a place till i come to thee for i have no patience left to brook severance i replied o oh, my lady i have with me a ship of my own whose crew are in my hire and they await me rejoined she this is as we would have it and returning to her women and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of night nine hundred and fifty seven. Night nine hundred and fifty eight. When it was the nine hundred and fifty eighth night, she resumed. It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the lady Jamila returned to her women, she said to them, Come let us go back to our palace they replied why should we return now seeing that we used to abide here three days quoth she i feel an exceeding oppression in myself as though i were sick and i fear lest this increase upon me so they answered we hear and obey and donning their walking dresses went down to the river-bank and embarked in a boat whereupon behold the keeper of the garden came up to ibrahim and said to him knowing not what had happened o oh, ibrahim thou hast not had the luck to enjoy the sight of her and i fear lest she have seen thee for tis her wont to tarry here three days replied ibrahim she saw me not nor i her for she came not forth of the pavilion rejoined the keeper true o my son for had she seen thee we were both dead men but abide with me till she come again next week and thou shalt see her and take thy fill of looking at her replied the prince o my lord i i have with me money and fear for it i also left men behind me and i dread lest they take advantage of my absence he retorted o oh, my son tis grievous to me to part with thee and he embraced and farewelled him then ibrahim returned to the khan where he lodged and foregathering with the doorkeeper took of him all his property and the porter said good news inshallah but ibrahim said i have found no way to my want and now i am minded to return to my people whereupon the porter wept then taking up his baggage he carried them to the ship and obeyed him Adieu. Ibrahim repaired to the palace which Jamila had appointed him, and awaited her there till it grew dark, when, behold, 
she came up disguised as a bully boy with rounded beard and waist bound with a girdle in one hand she held a bow and arrows and in the other a bared blade and she asked him art thou ibrahim son of al-kasib lord of egypt he i am answered the prince and she said what never do well art thou who comes to debauch the daughters of kings come speak with the sultan therewith quoth ibrahim i fell down in a swoon and the sailors died in their skins for fear but when she saw what had betided me she pulled off her beard and throwing down her sword ungirdled her waist whereupon i knew her for the lady jamila and said to her by allah thou hast rent my heart in sunder adding to the boatman hasten the vessel's speed so they shook out the sail and putting off fared on with all diligence nor was it many days ere we made baghdad where suddenly we saw a ship lying by the river-bank when her sailors saw us they cried out to her crew saying ho oh, such a one and such a one we give you joy of your safety then they drave their ship against our craft and i looked and in the other boat beheld abu al kasim al sandalani who when he saw us exclaimed this is what i sought go ye in god's keeping as for me i have a need to be satisfied then he turned to me and said praised be allah for safety hast thou accomplished thine errand i replied yes now abu al kasim had a flambeau before him so he brought it near our boat and when jamila saw him she was troubled and her colour changed but when he saw her he said fare ye in allah's safety i am bound to basra on business for the sultan but the gift is for him who is present then he brought out a box of sweetmeats wherein was bang and threw it into our boat whereupon quoth i to jamila o cooleth of mine eyes eat of this but she wept and said o ibrahim wottest thou who that is and said i yes tis such an one replied she he is my first cousin son of my father's brother who sought me aforetime in marriage of my sire but i would not accept of him and now he is gone to basra and most like he will tell my father of us i rejoined o my lady he will not reach basra till we are at mosul but we knew not what lurked for us in the secret purpose then continued ibrahim i ate of the sweetmeat but hardly had it reached my stomach when i smote the ground with my head and lay there till near dawn when i sneezed and the bang issued from my nostrils with this i opened mine eyes and found myself naked and cast out among ruins so i buffeted my face and said in myself doubtless this is a trick al sandalani hath played me but i knew not whither i should wend for i had upon me naught save my bag trousers however i rose and walked on a little till i suddenly espied the chief of police coming towards me with a posse of men with swords and targes whereat i took fright and seeing a ruined hammam hid myself there presently my foot stumbled upon something 
So I put my hand to it, and it became befouled with blood. I wiped my hand upon my bag-trousers, unknowing what had befouled it, and put it out a second time, when it fell upon a corpse whose head came up in my hand. I threw it down, saying, There is no majesty, and there is no might in Allah, the glorious, the great. And I took refuge in one of the corner cabinets of the hammam. Presently the wali stopped at the bath-door and said, Enter this place and search. So ten of them entered with cressets, and I of my fear retired behind a wall, and looking upon the corpse, saw it to be that of a young lady with a face like the full moon, and her head lay on one side, and her body clad in costly raiment on the other. When I saw this, my heart fluttered with affright. Then the chief of police entered and said, Search the corners of the bath. So they entered the palace wherein I was, and one of them, seeing me, came up hending in hand a knife half a cubit long. When he drew near me, he cried, Glory be to God, the creator of this fair face. O youth, whence art thou? Then he took me by the hand and said, O youth, why slewest thou this woman? Said I, By Allah, I slew her not, nor what I who slew her, and I entered not this place but in fear of you. And I told him my case, adding, Allah upon thee, do me no wrong, for I am in concern for myself. Then he took me and carried me to the wali, who, seeing the marks of blood on my hand, said, This needeth no proof. Strike off his head. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of Night 958 Recording by Andre Levy. AndreLevy.net. Lisbon, Portugal.